God, we thank you so much. God, we thank you that, that that is true, that there is no one but you. All of our hope, all of our faith, all of our trust is in you, God. God, we thank you for the wonderful picture that that is, that we've just sung, God, that straight from your word, just that amazing picture of who you are and what you mean to us, what you can do. God, we thank you for it. We thank you for your promises which are in your word, which are true today as as they've always been and as they always will be. God, we thank you for your promise. We thank you for your grace and your mercy which you pour into our life and which changes everything for us. God, we thank you that you see our whole heart through and you love us so much. God, thank you for that promise. Thank you for loving us in Jesus' name. Amen. Say a very good, uh, very COVID safe good, good day to those around you. Welcome to those who are online. Great to have you joining with us this morning. You can say good day to each other. All right, welcome to church, welcome to our online crew, welcome to our little tech team in Yarram who are joining us just testing out um, that everything's going to work for the launch uh, next week, so welcome Yarram, great to have you kind of with us, Um, and yeah, great to have so many people in the room as well as online. Uh, While I'm talking to you, you can be filling out a Connect card. I know that you will all have checked in using the Church Centre app already. So whether you are online, uh, whether you are in Yarram, whether you are in a home hub um, or whether you are in the room, everyone will have checked in using the Church Centre app because you are good people. Um, Kids Ministry is on today. The banner will go up when uh, it's time for the kids to go out. Um, Creche is already running, so if you need to know that. Um, All right. So most of the things that you need to know about church life are in the newsletter, which uh, many people get online. Um, But anyway, we're going to choose a few things out of there. If, If you don't get the newsletter online, it's because we don't have your contact details. So make sure uh, you let us know about that. Um, So this afternoon after the service, uh, we have a short break where you can run and get lunch or, you know, change your clothes into something more appropriate, whatever you need to do. And then we gather back here at 1pm to start with the working bee. So uh, we are a family and we're clean in the house, okay? Not this house, the shed houses. Um, And some gardening. I'm not going in the sheds, I'm just saying, because I'm scared of spiders. (laughs) Um, So I'm going to have a little crew in the kitchen. So I'd like maybe a couple of people to help me in the kitchen um, spruce that up so that it's actually ready for venue hire um, situations. And there'll be some gardening happening and things. But uh, my main focus is the shed. So um, there's four F words that are connected with this activity today. So I'm thinking fellowship, fun, family and friends. It's not just hard work. It's about the fellowship that you have while you're doing that. So while you're cleaning out a shed that is potentially has one or two spiders in it, I don't know, 
you will bond around that experience. You will, like, because you survive it together, you will bond around it and you will have close friendships that you didn't have before. And we'll do that in the kitchen too. All right. So 1 p.m. and we've got snacks so you won't be hungry during the afternoon. So go grab some lunch. You can bring it back here if you want and have some fellowship um, before. Um, But anyway, make sure you do that, 1 p.m. And in two weeks time, roughly, uh, so Saturday the 26th of Feb, uh, we're having a bike ride. So uh, we've had a few bike rides planned and then unplanned uh, this season, but uh, the last one went ahead and this one is going to go ahead too. So this is Mafra to Hayfield, which is um, a return, um, or you can start in Tanamba. So again, the details are in your newsletter. What you need to know is February the 26th at 9am to start. And again, those same F words, fellowship, fun, family, friends. Um, so it's, it's a great social activity. You can invite your pre-Christian friends to this as well. Um, but it's just a great time of riding together. So um, we ride at a pace which allows you to also talk Um, So you can be talking to the person you're riding with and you'll kind of swap as you go along and and just make make some great friendships while you're going along. So um, we're not doing it mainly for the fitness, we're doing it mainly for the fellowship and just that relationship building and it's fantastic. So make sure you come to that. We've got a few people signed up already so it's already looking good. Um, So make sure, yeah, you come along. Grab a bike, borrow a bike buy a bike, do whatever you need to to come. We will even allow people to come to Hayfield and have coffee with us if you haven't ridden a bike. There you are. That's a, that's a great offer. Um, all right, so that's all the news that I have for you. Um, yeah, don't miss out on these opportunities of fellowship, though. It's, it's just so wonderful to be part of a family, and those are the, the parts that we really can enjoy together, so make sure you do come. All right, so I'll invite you to stand and we'll pray together. I shared this with the team already this morning, but um, I was thinking this morning that uh, it just um, really came to me um, this morning that that um, the answers to life's questions and situations are not in us and what we can do. They're in God and who he is and what he can do. That's just, uh, and that sort of came through in a lot of the worship songs this morning and uh, just really impressed on me again that it is all about who God is and therefore what he can do for us. And that's where we need to have our hope and our trust and our faith. So let's pray together um, as a family. God, we thank you so much that you are the Lord of our life today as well as our Saviour for all eternity. God, we thank you for your promises which make a difference in our life, that allow us to live our life differently. God, we pray for those who are sick because you tell us to. You say that we should pray for one another when we're sick. And God, you know who those people are in our fellowship. You know everything about them. God, we pray for your healing touch in their body this morning. God, we pray that they will feel a real sense of you with them where they are right now. And God, we know that it's not your plan for us to be unwell. Uh, Your plan for us is to be healed and whole. And God, we pray that for those people this morning. God, we thank you again for your promises. God, we thank you that it doesn't matter where we're at, how fast we're running away from you. 
God, that you will pursue us, that you will hunt us down because we are so precious to you. God, I thank you that you do see our whole heart and you love us anyway. You know everything about us. You know our thoughts. You know our words before we speak them. You know our actions before we do them. And you love us so much anyway. Right to the very, very deepest part of us, you love us. God, we thank you that as we come before you in prayer, as you ask us to, that you are already at work on our behalf, that heaven is on its way to fight for us. And God, we thank you that we live out of that assurance that you give us. God, we thank you for your grace and your love and your mercy. In Jesus' name, amen. Good morning. Wow. It's a pretty good story to, um, I don't know if I can top that. Hey, step up after that. But Jason and Kiralee, um been praying for a long time and, and that's just a, an amazing testimony of God's grace and God's goodness in their life. And uh, we're going to continue to pray for you guys over the next, what, 26 weeks, I suppose. Something like that. Not, we're not counting too much. Um, but praise God for such a, a wonderful story. And um, it's fantastic. Um, if you weren't here last Sunday, I encourage you to go back and, and check out last Sunday's, the entire service, not just what I talked about. We had a different story of hope last Sunday and it was equally as encouraging. Um, and... You know, our, part of what I want to talk about this morning is, is this idea that we all have a story. We all have stories to share uh, and we all have stories to encourage each other with. And um, what you might think is just your life or just what's happened, um, I guess that's what we all think about our own life and our own story. It's just what's happened. It's just what's happened to me. Um, but we want to encourage you to share those stories and encourage each other, encourage people that don't yet know Jesus, um, that they could believe as well. But last week we talked about the tent, I talked from the tent, um, if you want to laugh, go watch the video, um, anyway, it's a very close camera shot in the, inside the tent of my face, um, but we talked about, you know, in Genesis 15, um, if you know the story in Genesis 15, God comes to Abram and says, I'm going to make you a father of many nations. Um, You're going to have descendants as numerous as the stars are in the sky. And he he called Abram out of the tent he was currently in and said, look up at the stars and count them if you can. That's how many descendants you'll have. Um, And I challenge just to encourage us to think what it means to step outside the tent. What does it mean to, to get out of our own little dome of life, our own little perspective of life and to to dream with God, to believe with God that He is the God of miracles. He is the God of the impossible. He can do far more than we could ask, think or imagine. And that if together, maybe as a church, maybe as a body of believers, we could believe for revival. We could believe for God to do miracles. We could believe that God is at work uh, and that he wants us to join in on, on the miracle. He wants us to join in on the revival. He wants us to not only believe for it, but he wants to use us. He didn't say to Abram, go out and count the stars. That's how many descendants someone's going to have. He said, that's how many descendants you're going to have. You're going to be part of this miracle. It's going to be your life that's involved in this. I want to read um, a passage from Joel chapter 2. 
um, verses 12 to 17. And I know we've got a big working bee coming up, so I'll try to keep it quick so you've got time to have lunch. Joel chapter 2, verses 12 to 17. It says this, Even now this is the Lord's declaration. Turn to me with all of your heart, with fasting, weeping, and mourning. Tear your hearts, not just your clothes, and return to the Lord your God. For he is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger, abounding in faithful love, and he relents from sending disaster. Who knows? He may turn and relent and leave a blessing behind him, so that you can offer a grain offering and a drink offering to the Lord your God. Blow the ram's horn in Zion, announce a sacred fast, proclaim a solemn assembly, gather the people, sanctify the congregation, assemble the aged, gather the infants, even babies nursing at the breast. Let the groom leave his bedroom and the bride her honeymoon chamber. Let the priests, the Lord's ministers, weep between the portico and the altar, and let them say, have pity on your people, Lord, and do not make an inheritance, your inheritance a disgrace, an object of scorn among the nations. Why should it be said among the peoples, where is their God? Lord God, we thank you for your word this morning, and we thank you for the promise it contains, and for the truth it holds. And God, we pray this morning that you might stir our hearts to believe with you, to get out of the tent, you you would increase our faith and that you would uh, enable us to step out in obedience to what you've called us to. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, um, the best way to predict the future is to look at the past uh, in a lot of ways. You know, what has happened before will happen again. Uh, and I think that's something that we're born with. We're born with this innate ability to to predict future events by what's happened in the past. Babies know this. I mean, I've experienced this just recently. Babies know when they cry, they get the dummy or they get the uh, what the cuddle or they get picked up or whatever it is that they 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 want. They know if I cry like this, I'll get this attention. And then that translates into sort of toddlerhood where you get the, if I nag mum and dad enough for this thing, then they'll let me have it. Or if I nag enough, then I'll get to stay up a little bit later. Uh, And I haven't experienced the next phase yet, but I'm sure it's only going to get worse. Um, They know that if I do this, I get this result. And it's happened in the past, so I'm going to do it again. I might need to try a little bit harder. Uh, They might have learned. and, and um, And of course... This analogy is dependent on weak parenting um, who endeavour to just find the path of least resistance to peace and quiet. But nonetheless, um, it seems to... At least some of my kids have figured that out already. But Joel talks about this day of the Lord. This day of the Lord. And, and what he does, and if you read the whole book of Joel, you see that he looks back and he says, this is what God has done. This is how God has acted before. This is how God will act in the future. The day of the Lord is this promise or this presence of God that has happened before and that is bound to happen again. And he's saying to the, to the reader, Joel is not written at a particular time, there's not a particular audience in mind. Joel refers to a lot of the other prophets. Um, it's unique in that sense and he, he assumes that the person who's reading this has, has some knowledge of God, knows of the things that God has done in the past 
uh, has read some of the other writings and some of the other prophecies. Um, and so it's, it's more of a general sort of prophecy of this is the day of the Lord that's coming. This is the day of the Lord. It's the day of God's presence. Uh, so we look back and we see how God has done this before and he talks about this locusts and past judgments and past moves of God. But it's also looking forward to a future day of the Lord. And the future day of the Lord is both um, prophesied in the book of Joel as a, as a positive and a negative. It's a positive and a negative. It's a, it's a judgment for those that maybe don't follow the path that he lays out um, of one where they experience the, the judgment of God. But there's also this promise of salvation for those that follow the path that God would have for them. And we're just looking at f- uh, five verses here, and it's probably not enough to gather the full picture of Joel, but it describes briefly uh, this promise of the day of the Lord and the path to the day of the Lord. And so I want to look at these two things, the promise of the day of the Lord and the, pr- and the path to the day of the Lord. So the, p- the promise, the day of the Lord, it's a past day of the Lord, as I said. It's this remembering when God did. And I love that we've been listening to these stories of hope these last two weeks because I think this is part of our journey forward is first looking back and saying, remember how God has acted before? Remember what he's done? Remember that story? Remember how God has moved in your life and my life? Past days of the Lord, this is where God has already been at work, where we've already experienced his presence. So we can be sure that he will continue to move in the future. And so before we look and count the stars and dream big, we first need to quickly look back and say, what's your day of the Lord? What's your experience of God up until this point? What's your story? When is the last time you told that story? When's the last time you told yourself that story? And Stories of Hope, these videos that we've been doing are part of this and if you've got a story that even you're thinking of right now, we'd love to share it with the church. It's all good and well for me to get up here and talk each Sunday, but I'm only one voice and our church is made up of hundreds of people. And if we share our stories, God uses these to increase our faith, propel us forward as we look back and then believe that God can do the impossible. God can do miracles. Joel looked back at the past day of the Lord and said, God has moved before. He's judged before. He's come through and he's promised before. And so we can look forward to a future day of the Lord. It's maybe not going to look the same. It's not going to have the same outcome, but it is the same God. And he briefly looks at this in in verse 14 of what I just read. He says, who knows? He may turn and relent and leave a blessing behind him. So you can offer a grain offering and a drink offering to the Lord your God. God has done far more than we could hope, dream, or imagine in the past, and he is sure to do it again. And the dream of revival, the dream of seeing miracles, of seeing God at work, of experiencing the presence of God, is not far-fetched for those who've seen it before, for those who've been reminded of it before. And so I want us to dream a little of what the future day of the Lord holds. In the book of Joel, like I said, there's two options for the future day of the Lord. There's one of judgment and there's one of presence. There's a reminder that sin has consequence. The wages of sin is death, we're told in Romans. There's no escaping it. 
Sin requires punishment. And for those who don't repent, for those who don't take the path that God lays out, it's ultimately what it leads to. It's separation or absence of God's presence. Like darkness is just the absence of light's presence, death is the absence of God's presence. But the future day of the Lord is also one of this promise of God's presence. God with us. God amongst us. And that's the hope for us this morning. That anyone who hears God's message, that anyone who hears the truth, can know God's presence, can experience God's presence. And His presence brings about revival. His presence brings about this ability for people to come to Jesus, to return to Jesus, to be revitalized in Jesus. The promise is great, but the path to it is not just a given. You know, Joel lays out the path and he uses this phrase tear your hearts. Tear your hearts. In Joel 2, verse 13, it says, Tear your hearts not just your clothes, and return to the Lord your God. For he is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger, abounding in faithful love, and he relents from sending disaster. And I love this verse. I love this verse. Tear your hearts, not just your clothes. Because it tells me and it reminds me that it's not about a show, but it's about authenticity. It's about real repentance. It's about a real heart change, about real surrender. It echoes words that we hear in other parts of the scripture, like um, in Psalm 139, where David writes, Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my concerns. See if there is any offensive way in me, and lead me in the everlasting way. When's the last time you prayed a prayer like that? Have it all, God. Not just my Sundays, not just the show. It's easy to turn up on a Sunday. Maybe it's not easy for all of us, but, I mean, that's one of the easiest things that we can do when it comes to walking the path that God wants us to walk, turning up, showing up, tearing our clothes, doing what's outwardly acceptable, outwardly looks the right thing to do. That's the easy part. But have... Praying this prayer of, search my heart, God. Know everything about me. Lead me where you want to take me. Not just my Sundays, not just what looks right, but what is right. What do you want to do, God? What do you want from me, God? Having that sense of honesty and openness to God is the beginning of any sort of revival. You know, when Joel talks about this day of the Lord, you might, another way to think about that is a a revival of sorts. And he says, tear your hearts. It starts with you. It starts with me. It doesn't start with others. It starts here. It starts with the people in the room. It starts with people that are on the stream and for the McCauleys who are in Yarram testing out the stream this morning. It starts with us, tearing our hearts. And it starts with us remembering. Because what Joel does, he says, tear your hearts, but he sets up this moment. He doesn't start with that. 
First, he says, remember the past day of the Lord. Because you can be sure when you remember that, when you think about that, it'll enable you to continue to repent, continue to chase after God with all you have, because you can be sure that there is a good outcome. There is a good promise for you. There is a good path for you. There is a, a, a day of the Lord for you. And you might think to yourself, I don't have a past day of the Lord. I don't know if I've ever experienced God before. I want to read you a passage in Mark 10. Where Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, how hard is it for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God? And the disciples were astonished at his words. And again, Jesus said to them, children, how hard is it to enter the kingdom of God? It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than it is for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. And they were even more astonished and saying to one another, then who can be saved? And looking at them, Jesus said, with man it is impossible, but not with God, because all things are possible with God. What is impossible? In this context, is Jesus saying, for man to be saved, it's impossible. It's harder than for a camel to go through an eye of the needle. Now, you might have heard different commentaries and messages on, is, is, the, is the needle a gate? Is the camel a real camel? What are we talking about here? Is, and trying to work out, actually, is it possible for a camel to go through the eye of a needle? You know, trying to do some gymnastics around this verse to work out how impossible this impossible situation is. Let me tell you, it's impossible. That's the point. Normally, when you read a, a, a passage, especially of Jesus, the plainest meaning of it is the actual meaning of it. It's not, he's not trying to set up a trick here. He's trying to tell us it's impossible. You get a camel or any large animal, find the eye of a needle, squeeze it through. If you can do that, you can save yourself. He's saying it's impossible. It's not going to happen. But if you have been saved, if you believe that your sins are forgiven, if you believe you're a Christian, if you're a follower of Jesus, you've experienced a bigger miracle than a camel going through an eye of a needle. Now, I don't know about you, but who believes a, a camel could fit through an eye of a needle if God wanted it to? Like, actually. Like, if we got a camel in here today and a, and a needle in here and said, all right, we're going to pray for this to happen, how many of you would be like, yeah, I believe that. And how many, anyone? Yeah, a couple, okay. How many would be like, I'd be very sceptical. I'm not sure about that. I'm, I'm, putting, I'm in the sceptical boat here. Don't be afraid to be sceptical with me. Jesus is trying to teach his disciples and teach us that actually the most impossible miracle is that you would be saved. It's not that a dead person would be raised to life. It's not that a, a lame person might walk again. It's not like someone might have a, a child who was otherwise unable to. The biggest miracle is that you are saved, is that you are made right with God, that your sins are forgiven. That's the biggest miracle. And if you can believe in that, and if you have experienced that, if you've experienced that forgiveness, that previous day of the Lord is enough to propel you into anything that God wants to do in your future. If you would stop and take note and understand the fullness of that miracle in your own life, it helps you have faith for the future day of the Lord. And then you'll be ready to, to tear your heart once again to repent once again, to say, God, have it all. And this is not just for those that are 
of a particular status or a particular life stage or, or anything like that. Joel, you know, in verses 16 and 17, I mean, the people that he points out to, he says, gather the people, sanctify the congregation, assemble the aged, gather the infants. I mean, that is all of us. I mean, we're not all infants, but I mean, we're all in between those two ages. Even babies nursing at the breast, leave the groom, uh, let the groom leave his bedroom and the bride her honeymoon chamber. Let the priests, the Lord's ministers, weep between the portico, how do you say that word? Portico? And the altar. Let them say, have pity on your people, Lord, and do not make your inheritance a disgrace, an object of scorn among the nations. It's not just for some, but it's for everyone. And it's urgent. It should be priority one. I mean, look what he says. It's like, even babies nursing, the bride the bride in a honeymoon chamber, the groom in his bedroom who's about to be wed, like, cancel that. Don't worry about that. This is more important. This is the most important thing you can do right now. This is not something you should think about, oh, I just need to get, I've got a few things on that I've got planned this year, Brad, like, I don't know if I'm ready to really dive in 100% with God or I, I want to do this or I want to do that or I, I'm busy with this this week. I'll think about it more deeply next week. Today, there is nothing more urgent you could do and it s- starts in your heart. And so today's prayer and today's challenge is that you might pray this prayer, search my heart, O God. Or in Psalm 51, David prays it this way. He says, God, create a clean heart for me and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not banish me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me, again, listen to this, the joy of your salvation to me. Help me remember what you've already done. Help me look back and see the day of the Lord. Sustain me by giving me a willing spirit and then I will teach the rebellious your ways and sinners will return to you. You know the great promise of us rending our hearts or tearing our hearts is that it's not just good for us, it's good for all people. Jason and Carolee's story, I mean it's great for them, but it's not just great for them, it's great for us to hear. Your journey, your, your faith is not just good for you. It's good for all of us. When one person turns around and changes their hearts, when one person says yes to God, it's good for all of us. It helps the, um, the sinners return to God. And so I'm going to ask you to stand where you are. I want to pray for you this morning. Maybe the team can, we can do one quick song as we pray. And this morning I want to give you an opportunity that if you feel like this is for you, you need to tear your heart, you need to repent of something or in some way of turning back to God and in full surrender, then don't do anything else before you do this. Don't go and have lunch first. Don't go do the working bee first. Don't go to work this week first. Do this first.
Turn your heart around. Ask God to restore the joy of your salvation. To remember what he's already done. If that's you this morning, as we close our eyes, I want to pray for you. I just ask that you put your hands out in a position of surrender. Lord God, we come to you and we ask and we pray this prayer that David prayed, that Joel told us to pray. God, that you would search our hearts, that you would create a clean heart in us, that you would help us to to turn our hearts fully to you. God, we want to give you more than our Sundays. We want to give you more than our worship through song. We want to give you more than some money each week. But God, we want to give you everything that we have. God, we know that you are a good God who loves us, slow to anger, abounding in faithful love. And God, you have a great future day for us, a great day of your presence, where you'll heal our hearts and our lives and then use that to bring others into relationship with you. And so God, I pray this morning that for all of us, that we might return to you completely with all that we have. And God, we thank you for your, your goodness and your, and your love for us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.